This podcast is based exclusively on the real-life experiences of two bisexual cis women and their internet research. Sexual identity is deeply personal and influenced by intersecting identities, demographics, and circumstances. Rose and Annie do not speak for the bisexual experience of all individuals or the bisexual experience as a whole. In short, they don't know shit. Thanks for listening. I guess we should say what we're talking about. Oh, who we are and what we're talking about. We should start with who we are, I think. Uh, my name is Rose, and I use the pronouns he. Ooh, no. <laughs> I'm not I'm not coming out with new pronouns <laughs> in this episode. My name is Rose, and I use the pronouns she and her. And my name is Annie, and I use the pronouns she and her as well. And we're here to provide some context about the bisexual experience by sharing stories, getting advice, and talking about queer people we like. Warning to our our friends, family, coworkers, current lovers, past lovers, future lovers who we hope don't exist, but perhaps will one day and would like I, to be surprised. My future children who are listening to this, I, mo- hey, mommy like to fuck, okay? <laughs> my future sorry. dogs how do you think you got here anyway we're gonna be talking about sex and it's gonna be explicit this might not be a good episode to listen to at work if you're someone who's a bit clumsy and you might like drop your phone and your headphones get ripped out and then you know you have annie screaming anal gaze <laughs> listen if it's gonna happen i know you're listening to this and you're like that's never happened to me that wouldn't happen if it's gonna happen it'll happen when you're listening to a podcast about sex 100 percent. that's yeah. just how that's just how god do yeah yeah we're talking about sex and sex can be very scary maybe not maybe for you it's never been scary it's only ever been fun but for me it has in my past been kind of scary it's especially scary if you've never done it with someone of the same or a different sex that can be pretty daunting um if you've just never done it at all uh if you've had uncomfortable awkward painful bad experiences with sex in the past if you've never done it with this specific person for me i like i'm like i know how to have sex but new people are still scary what if they do sex different yeah or i found out i might do sex bad yeah, what if they're like, you've been doing it like this? You're disgusting. You don't put that in there. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God, no. And it can be scary if you're just not sure that you want to do it. Because it's kind of normal to feel conflicted about sex. Especially if you grew up in maybe a more conservative culture that avoided giving you a definitive clinical explanation of sex before any other definitions of sex. I grew up thinking sex was bad before I even knew what sex was, which is very fucked up. I just kind of heard it said and I was and it was always said in a certain way that clued me in as a kid to be like, oh man, sex will make you die. And I still kind of don't know what sex is, which is something that we'll get into later, but I try to keep an open mind about my history of sexual education because I know that it was kind of done for like a good reason or like a reason that the people who educate, quote unquote, 
educated me thought was good. They were just trying to keep me from being exposed to images and experiences that I was not ready for, but the positioning of sex as something shameful and secret made especially all sex, but especially same-sex intercourse seem bad and sinful and made me feel equivalently ashamed as I began to feel sexual desire. So it's also just possible to not be interested in sex at all. Maybe not because you've had past experiences that were awkward or uncomfortable or bad, but because you're asexual. It's also possible that you're just not feeling it right now and you will get horny again in the future. That's totally normal. You just have to be kind and patient with yourself because it's complicated. Sex is complicated. It's made unnecessarily complicated by our culture, but like I think any act that involves two people who have like different physical and emotional needs is always going to be kind of complicated. And people just have wildly different cultural and personal experiences about sex. So be kind and be patient. That's my initial advice about sex. Whew. Yeah, I think that's all really good advice. And I think it's good to note that like, just because something is intimidating or scary doesn't mean that you shouldn't do it if you are mostly excited yeah yeah about it because those like like super nervous and anxious lives for me right next to excited and like playful mm-hmm. when i'm going to have sex with a new person or when i had sex for the first time it was like i'm really nervous but also i'm super psyched and yeah that's like it. It's a fun payoff. There are lots of ways to make it fun, though. <laughs> yeah, if I could go back in time and all the times that I felt really awkward and nervous in a way that overpowered that excitement, I would tell myself first that it's normal that sex feels like a big deal to me because it has always been presented to me as a very big deal. So I can't beat myself up for like, thinking why why am i being such a dweeb like why am i overthinking this like no it's it's been a big deal my whole life so it is if you think about it it's like the topic of so many movies songs yeah poems not only sex but also like doing it for the first time with someone so of course it's a a big thing in your head because society is constantly telling us that sex is a big deal. Yeah. And even if it wasn't made a big deal by society, it could still just be a big deal to me to have sex. I mean, it's, it is kind of sharing your body in the most intimate sense with someone else, which can be very scary. I would also tell myself that if I don't want to have sex or be physically intimate with anybody at any time, I do not have to do it. I do not have to do it ever. I think that's great advice. And I'm just going to list off a few situations uh, that do not impact your right to say no that I have either myself or my friends been in where you may have had sex because you felt like you were supposed to. Right. Um, You're in a relationship with someone. You feel like you should want to have sex with that person. You wanted to 30 seconds ago or you're already like on the train tracks to sex town. Um, They bought you dinner. 
they're paying you to have sex. Uh, you said that you would. None of these things stop your ability to revoke your consent at any time. And it's really unfortunate that this is not always the world that we live in and you might find yourself in a scenario you feel like it's probably safer to just engage in sex or sex acts even though you don't want to for whatever reason this happens for whatever reason you have i'm not saying like for whatever reason this happens who knows why (laughs) i'm saying whatever reason you have that you feel like it's safer to just do what you need to do to keep yourself alive those experiences happen to people And you're not alone in that, um, unfortunately. And you can reach out for support at the National Sexual Assault Hotline or by visiting RAIN, R-A-I-N-N, their website, to find resources that will best suit you. The assault hotline is 1-800-656-H-O-P-E. Yeah. Sorry, that's... I just feel like it has to be said at the top. Absolutely. We'll put we'll put that contact in the show notes. Um, yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more. And for me personally, the situations that have been more transactional in nature are the ones where both I have felt worse about turning down sex and the other person has been pushier. Yes. about having sex so like i don't that's a social commentary for sure that like sex is expected if certain things happen but just know like no matter what has happened you do not have to have sex and this kind of goes hand in hand with that but having sex with someone will not make them fall in love with me or even like me if they don't already love slash like me that's just how it be hard lesson to learn i feel like i only learned it looking back like seven years in the future i was like oh that's what i was trying to do yes that was a move okay yeah sex is not a transaction you cannot buy someone dinner and they put out sex you cannot give someone sex and they give you their love this is not how it works it's not unless you're engaging in sex work in which case you're like give me money or other agreed upon harder items and i will engage in these pre-agreed upon sex acts and that is not to say that if you are engaging in sex work that you don't get to actively give your consent throughout the entire process yeah yeah absolutely also having sex will not make someone fall in love with me but it will also not make them think i am worth less than i was before unless there's something horribly wrong with them which unfortunately it seems like there is something horribly wrong with a lot of people (laughs) true (laughs) but yeah if, if if i have sex with someone and the next day they're like you are such a slut like you worthless hoe i can't believe you fucked me (laughs) no joke i distinctly remember there was a house that we would all go to concerts at and a bunch of guys lived there and my friend 
said one morning, he was like, I don't understand why all you guys the next morning are like ragging on these girls who were fucking kind enough to sleep with you last night. Yeah. Like calling them sluts. It's fucked up. Yeah. And I was like, hell yeah. so fucking true. Yeah. 19 year old Rose needed to hear that. Yeah. I think like if you are the kind of person who's going around calling someone a slut after they've slept with you, like it's just a self burn kind of. Yeah. Like you're saying like you're so worthless because you slept with me and I suck. Yeah. (laughs) It doesn't make any sense. But unfortunately, I mean, I hope that's evolving with younger people yeah yeah uh i would also tell myself i'll be happier when i stop considering sex a tool or a weapon or a weakness for myself or for others um but the fact that i consider those things as a product of my upbringing i will feel better when i recognize that and divorce myself from that line of thinking it is at its bare minimum just a biological physical act and Society is what has transformed it. Um, And then I also would tell myself that a partner who has no interest in learning how to sexually please me is, for me, an incompatible partner. I agree 100%. And I would even go an extra level and say, for me at least, if somebody's not interested in hearing feedback in a direct, in-the-moment way, like put your fingers here, do that faster, don't touch me there, do this. Yeah. It's not compatible for me because I'm not going to have unsatisfactory sex and then wait a few hours and bring it up in this like light, coddly way. Yeah. You should be able to say what you want to be happening to your body in the moment, in a direct way. And anyone who has a problem with that, it's like, a self-esteem issue yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. where they're they're taking it to be an attack on them as a person instead right. of like a this is what I want to be I want I want you to do this stuff to me yeah. it should still be a compliment yeah like, yeah 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 I want you you and I'll make it sexy I'll give you direction sexily directly but sexily I won't scream at you like <laughs> touch me here dumbass <laughs> stop and give me 20 <laughs> <laughs> I'll make it sexy, but yeah, if it if you can't, um, if you want to be my lover, you got to get with my direct sex talk. Yeah, um, zig zig. Ah. Zig ah. and also it can be a very good workout. Which I mean, it's a very simple way of thinking about sex. And ideally, it would be more intimate (laughs) and emotional than just a good workout. But it hasn't always been. (laughs) Sometimes it's just been a good workout. Sometimes it's a good workout. Which is fine for me. I wish that somebody had told me before I had ever had sex that virginity is a fucking construct. I had sex for the first time and nothing changed. I lost my virginity. And like, no offense But I don't think that's the interesting part of the story. To me, it's the next day at my school assembly when my best friend at the time like leads this charge and half of my mixed gender group of friends all say that I can't sit with them. Classic. She can't sit with us. Yeah, yeah, right? I was like, what the, are you, are you kidding? It's like 
very much about like what I had done and that like they can't believe I've done this thing. And I was like, all right. So I, I go and I sit in a different row and there was like a very clear divide people who had engaged in sexual activity and people who had not. Yeah. And that the people who had came over and were like, I don't know what's going on over there. It's weird. And all of this was based on a an idea that I have somehow changed that it appears my value is less yeah. because of this because I had sex. Yeah. And that like they everyone who also hasn't had sex is going to band together to like keep my evil out. Right. Literally the haves and the have nots. Yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and it's based on like on nothing. Yeah. It's based on nothing. I mean, and you would hope it's hard cuz kids are tiny sociopaths. No offense if you're a kid and you're listening to this. But you would hope that your friend's first reaction would be like, "Hey, was it fun?" Yeah. Are you okay? Did you enjoy it? Yeah. Like, are you physically okay? Because I hear it can be painful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What else? What else would you tell yourself if you could go back? Like communication. Fuck. It is so much better when you can talk to the person that you're engaging with sexually. It d- it took me a while before I was comfortable saying giving feedback about how how I wanted to be having sex. Right. And I think it's super important to know at an earlier age cuz no one ever no one ever told me that consent should be a part of the conversation or that talking should be happening at all. Yeah. Me either. Yeah. Like, like not until long into college. I don't think I think I probably graduated college before the whole conversation about like consent was activated. Yes. Which is very sad. A lot of people think consent is the absence of a no. And that is not the case. Yeah. Consent should be active and enthusiastic and continuous. Yeah. I guess I should say disclaimer. I've had mostly sex with people with penises. And one person with a vulva. So <laughs> sorry for that person who might be on blast if I'm talking about having sex with someone <laughs> with a vulva. Um, <laughs> but I was 30 before anyone practiced getting active consent from me. And I it like blew my mind because I realized I certainly haven't been getting active consent from people. And he said to me, do you want to have sex? And I said, yes. And he said, do you want to have sex with me? And I said, yes. And he said, do you want to have sex with me right now? (laughs) And I was like, yeah, dummy, what's going on? (laughs) But it was was like a really intimate moment. Yeah. And it was really hot. Yes. I've had people ask me, do you have a condom? Uh, is your period over? Is everything okay? Okay. We can stop if you want. Is something wrong? Mm -mm. I have never had somebody ask, do you want to have sex with me right now? Yeah. And I was just like, oh, I, I had an opportunity to say no. Right. Versus the other scenarios were kind of like, the assumption was that I, I already was, 
going to have sex with the person. And it was just kind of like really eye-opening to me. And I think it's bonkers that it took 30 years before I experienced that and that I know a lot of my friends haven't ever experienced that. Yeah. It's also good to note that like consent isn't based on gender. I think I think a lot of societal norms say like the woman gives consent right. or rather the woman takes away consent mm-hmm. is more the the action. The norm is that you revoke consent, not that you should be actively giving it. Yeah, if I could go back and just first know about consent. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. And then always ask for it. That would be great. It's also good to note that, like, consent is ongoing. So, like, Cassandra and I talked about consent before we had had sex. And you can talk about or you can get consent every time you're having sex with somebody and it doesn't always have to be super formal but if you're going to try something new asking for consent if you're going to engage in sex in a maybe like a place you wouldn't normally have sex anything that's like out of the ordinary or if you sense that I would say like if the person is giving you any sort of body language or communication that they're not interested, you can ask. Like, do you want to have sex? They're like, not really. You go, okay. Okay. I think it's also important that if somebody stops you and says, I don't feel like having sex. Yeah. You say, oh, okay. And then what are we going to have for dinner? Should we watch TV? Whatever, whatever. Your intention might be to check in on the person. Is everything okay? Yeah. That has read to me as like... What's wrong with What's you? wrong with you that yeah. you don't want to be having sex with me? Yeah. What's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? Yeah. Yeah. And then you force someone to come up with a reason that they don't want to be having sex in that moment. Yeah. Which is where the cliches of like, oh, I have a headache or like, I'm just really stressed out at work, Um, which could be reasons that are very legitimate, but it also could just be like, I don't feel like it. And it feels like shit to have somebody try to pressure you into giving them an answer for why you don't want to have sex with them instead of just not wanting to being answer enough. Yeah. Yeah, here's what I would have liked to have heard every time I was like, I don't want to have sex right now. Uh, I would have liked my partner to say, oh, should I leave you alone? I mean, that might differ from person to person, but like personally, 100% of the time the answer is going to be yes. (laughs) It's should I leave you alone or do you want a big hug? Yeah. One of those. I'll... I'll make up my mind in the moment. Yeah. And I think even saying that, like, oh, do you, like, do you want space or did you want to keep hanging out? If it's just a casual hookup that, like, has come over to fuck and you're like, uh, actually, sorry, I actually changed my mind. I don't want to have sex. Uh, a very swift, should I go? <laughs> might be in order. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. okay. Should I get out of here? Yeah. Bye. (laughs) Yes. Uh, But yeah, like generally overall communication beyond just consent, but especially with consent is so important to having fulfilling sex where you feel 
connected either physically or emotionally or both with the person. Um, it's how you can tell someone that what they are doing is fucking awesome or that they should be doing something else or they should be doing more of something. Yeah. Um, it's how you learn what somebody likes and what you like to have done to you. Yeah. Um, and it, it should be happening like always. If you've been having sex for 15 years with the same person, you can still be communicating about the things that you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. And communication is also very helpful if you need to inform your partner or be informed by your partner of any relevant medical data injuries Mm -hmm. (laughs) like the beginning of a yoga class when they're like if anybody has any medical issues let me know (laughs) yeah yeah exactly it's just like yoga yeah exactly like it'll it's gonna be exactly like yoga I mean, in a good yoga class, the teacher, when they come around and like before they do a pose or help you with your pose, they'll be like, can I touch you? That's consent, baby. Mm -hmm. Love that. Uh, Let's talk about how we learn about sex, because as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, I didn't learn anything that was actually about sex until I was doing it. (laughs) 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 So... I still kind of don't know what sex is. And I would love to know, but I have this sneaking suspicion that no one no one knows what sex is. I would say my definition of sex has changed in the last year. Yeah. If you had asked me at age 15, I would have been like, that's when you put a penis in a vagina. 100%. But that's not it, fam. <laughs> no. But that's... I mean, it's not all of it. It's not all of it. It's... It's an it's a sex option. Yes. None of this is fucking taught in the public school system. True. In the, so in the United States, you're supposed to get your sex education from the public school system. Yeah. But yeah, do you wanna you wanna lay down some hot stats? Yeah, some stats for you. In a qualitative research study conducted by Planned Parenthood, uh, sorry, the Planned Parenthood Federation of America and the Human Rights Campaign Foundation, LGBTQ youth reported either not having any sex education in their schools or having limited sex education that was primarily or exclusively focused on heterosexual relationships between cisgender people, people whose gender identity matches their sex assigned at birth, and pregnancy prevention within those relationships, which is problematic. Uh, It's just not great because queer kids also need to know how to protect themselves during sex. The research in this study also showed that LGBTQ youth have a limited number of trusted adults that they feel comfortable talking about with sexual health. I would say all teens do, but probably queer youth in general just have even fewer trusted (laughs) adults. So they frequently seek information online or from their peers, neither of which are great sources when you're a kid um much of the sexual health information online is neither age appropriate nor medically accurate and peers may be misinformed so it's it's tough out there to get the information that you're probably burningly curious about as a teen like i feel like i have the stereotypical high school movie experience with sex education. Uh, I lived, I grew up in a wealthy town 
where all of the people were like, we're here for the school system, like for our beautiful children to go to this beautiful school system. The health class was taught by the gym teachers. Oh, yeah, me too. Yeah, right? Like, I feel like that is a thing. I don't know why we don't have... I'm sure that phys ed programs teach you how to teach sex ed as it is prescribed by your county, but I I don't understand why we don't have a separate health program. Um, there are plenty of health topics that could cover beyond sex education. Hit me up, school boards. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> and in it started in middle school. There is an eighth grade one... One day where they divide boys and girls. They did that with us too. Right? Yeah. And who? I assume boys are told like you're going to get boners. Um, girls, they're like you're going to get your period. It's a little late in eighth grade also, I would say. I already had my period. Yeah. Like, maybe it was sixth grade. I, I don't I remember. think mine was later. I think mine was later too. Um, but yeah. And then in high school, in junior year, they tell you don't get pregnant and STDs are scary, mostly HIV. Um, That was my experience. I graduated from high school 14 years ago. Yeah, that was also my experience. I graduated from high school 12 years ago. And I remember the weird thing about health class, it was called health class for us, was that they lumped all the shit you're not supposed to do in that class. So we talked about like, Drugs, alcohol, eating disorders, and sex. Self-harm. One of those things is not like the others, guys. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, none of them are like the others. They're all completely vastly different, complicated subjects that teens, like unlike geometry or European history, are actually dealing with on a day-to-day basis. So this is shit they need to be well-versed in. And they are not. They are not well versed in it. And it's it's frustrating because it's like, who's coming up with this shit? Yeah. Like, who who is deciding that these are how these topics should be presented? So I went to my high school's website and they there is a document titled Contraception. And when you open it up, it gives you abstinence as the first item. And you have to scroll down two pages before it actually lists out the different types of methods um, that are more commonly used for people who are sexually active. Um, And those are laid out in like a table. And the most interesting piece that I found was the reasons one might be abstinent, (laughs) which are... Uh, there's no risk of pregnancy, no risk of deadly STD transmission, uh, security that you are not being pursued for sexual reasons, Hmm. an honest chance to develop more depth in relationships, less worries about emotional betrayal, (laughs) more self-respect and more respect for each other peace of mind and joy in the knowledge that you are true to your beliefs and values. What if my belief and value is getting dicked down? Am I right? <laughs> like, yes. Are yeah, what if that's what if what if that's my fucking moral high ground? Yeah, it's also saying that like it, relationships where you're having sex are not going to be that in depth 
it puts into your mind that like when you have sex, you lose self-respect and right. other people lose respect for you. Right, right. And that you will be emotionally betrayed when you have sex. What is that even? What does that mean? It's so dramatic. It's so dramatic. It's I, ridiculous. What 12-year-old girl wrote out her know. list of worries? Who hurt the person who wrote this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so, it's just so weird. And it's also interesting to think that like these things are saying that like, so like self-respect and sex are two mutually exclusive things. Yeah. And then same with in-depth relationships. It's just such a weird way to frame it and to think that we we frame this as like when you have sex, you you lose your respect and you run a risk for all of these things. And then we're like, why are dudes like killing women and calling them whores? Right. How did they get this idea? Yeah. It's just so fueling yeah. these like weird twisted ideas. And like obviously it doesn't say... Nowhere in the document does it say, like, which genders are expected to give consent or Mm -hmm. not. But at least in my experience, it's always said, it's always said, like, girls, you're responsible for keeping this shit on lock. Yeah. And boys are, like, always going to want to fuck. Yeah. Which is also unfair to... Boys. Boys. Yeah. Boys never get asked consent. Yeah. If we're teaching girls that they're the ones who should be revoking it. Yeah. That is a Buckwild list of reasons to be abstinent. I mean, the first two are true. No risk of pregnancy and no risk of deadly STD transmission. Although, you can get STDs if you're not PNV in it, is all I'm saying. You can still get an STD if you're not having penetrative sex i i think the lead is always pregnancy is a huge worry right right right, i think stds are probably far more rampant because i feel like oftentimes people use contraceptive methods that prevent pregnancy and do not prevent sti spreading and then they're like oh fuck i have chlamydia which is fine you take a treatment and then you don't have chlamydia anymore yeah but I can't believe we lead with pregnancy as the first concern. Big concern. Pregnancy and emotional betrayal. I'm sorry, <laughs> but like gonorrhea is a bigger issue. It's more common, I swear. Yeah. I I don't know. Abstinence was always presented to me as like the way to go. And if someone had also presented to me like, hey, if you get this IUD, you'll never fucking get pregnant. Just so you know, it's basically impossible. If someone got pregnant and had this IUD, it is akin to the Virgin Mary getting pregnant. Mm -hmm. The one person for whom abstinence didn't work. So get a fucking IUD is what I'm saying. Yeah, get an IUD and then use a method to protect yourself against STIs. Yeah, exactly. Oh but, man, it would have it would have alleviated some concerns of mine, and I wasn't even having sex yet. <laughs> I think we just don't discuss the options with kids in a fair way or give them a fair education. None of this mentions pleasure. Pleasure. Communication. Consent. Consent. I was really active in a lot of live journal communities and I would just spend like hours scouring the internet because I, A, 
had a lot of curiosities that weren't being satisfied in the education I was being provided. And B, I thought that like in order to be having good sex, I should know what I was doing at an advanced level before ever having had like sex 101. The areas that I was looking at for this information definitely didn't highlight queer sex. If it did, I like had no idea how to even broach that topic. Um, I'm sure those communities existed on LiveJournal. Oh. Had I like, is that where you got your sex uh, education? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, dude. So the problem with all these, all the sexual education that we were both given and the sexual education that apparently is still being given to America's children. Completely unchanged. <laughs> is that it doesn't talk about anything specific. It's always weirdly, it's like a, it's like a, Barbie doll kind of it's all smooth down there yeah it's like (laughs) okay you've decided that like you're mature enough it's probably senior prom night you guys are both gonna go away to college and you're you've been dating since middle school you're so in love you're both you're on the pill and you're gonna use a condom and you finally decide to have sex and then you've had sex, and then you get pregnant, and then you die. Do die. Uh, but that's just like yada yada yada, right over the action. Yeah. Like what? But how? But what happens? How does it feel? What do I do with my hands? What do I do with my butt? Yeah. What is my? What is my? What's happening to my butt? What if I have to fart? What if I have to fart? I just farted right now. Well, what Annie. if that? What if that had been during sex? I didn't hear it. I can't smell it. So I think you'd be good. I'll clear. And we realized that a lot of this stuff is, the curriculum is determined by like school districts and school boards that have to put up with parents who don't want their kids knowing anything about sex. And if anything were to be put on a curriculum that was explicitly about sex and graphically about sex, then there would be like hell to pay. But it's time we updated this shit, guys. We gotta. We have to. So, that all said, here's here's some stuff that's quite detailed about what happens during sex. Yeah, we're gonna... <laughs> if, if you've been enjoying the conversation around sex education and consent, but you don't want to hear us talk about, like, actual physical acts um, that you can do with different types of human bodies, maybe skip ahead. Yeah. I will say that... Before I had sex with a woman, I sent Annie an all caps text message and said, I've never had sex with a woman. I'm so scared. What do I do? (laughs) She responded very positively, but without specifics. And I was like, no, dude, I mean specifics. (laughs) Like, no, I need actual details. And I was also like furiously Googling things and everything that was like valuable information was like, cut your nails communication and consent and I was like I've had sex before so I know communication and consent and like yes I was gonna cut my nail (laughs) I need more specifics yeah so we're gonna provide that we should also note that we're two cis women who have sex while having vulvas yes I also want to make a little note because I feel like in addition to worrying about how you're gonna have sex and what's gonna happen overall people are often very self-conscious about your genitalia 
you might not have seen a lot of other people's genitalia um, before you decide to become sexually active. And I think there's a lot of worry about if yours is quote unquote normal. Um, There is no normal. I do want to say penises get talked about in their differences like a variety of size, whether or not they're circumcised or not, quote unquote grower, not a shower. (laughs) Those types of things are all like in common nomenclature. And the differences between vulva are not discussed. So like if you have seen someone else's vulva, if you have a vulva and you've seen someone else's vulva and you're like, mine looks 100% different than that. I don't know what's going on. That's totally fine. Vulvas are all unique. Um, They just don't get enough play about it. So they come in different colors, different sizes, with different hairdos, different texture and length of your lips, different position forward or backward on your pelvic bone. Yeah, it does. (laughs) it does yeah but so it's just like you can ask questions and that's a part of like you've built your communication base so you're able to ask really specific questions and you don't have to be like whoa I've never seen someone with such long labia yeah blah 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 (laughs) I mean a specific would definitely I can tell you right now do not exclaim wow your labia are so long (laughs) Or whatever, maybe you do, maybe your partner will find it charming. If you are asking consent and you're you're doing what feels good for you, that you think would feel good for your partner, and they're liking it and they're telling you that they like it, I think it's fair play. No one can tell you what is or isn't sex, and because we all know that virginity is a construct, um, the idea that sex is one thing that like happens for you once and then you've like done sex and you're good to go is not true so that being said um here are the things that you can do with people who have a variety of body parts if the person has a body part and they're consenting good to go good to go number one stay abstinent Fuck, can you imagine we were like, we're going to get really explicit. Yeah. Here's all the sexy things you can do to stay absent. Oh, no, JK. Uh, you, can, you can hug. You can dance. Fucking love dancing. Mm-hmm. If you can sexy dance as foreplay, that's like good to go. Yeah. Stare into each other's eyes. Laugh. Watch them move. Body. Mm-hmm. Touch, touch body. Touch body. Just honestly, like, holding hands and looking into someone's face is, like, you're already in an intimate situation. Don't do Don't approach someone <laughs> with this move. Don't, like, walk up to a bar, put your hand on someone's hand, and stare into their eyes without saying anything. No, this is not the dating episode. That's, yeah, because that, that's our tips for the dating episode. Yeah. If you haven't listened yet, go back and uh, take a peek. But yeah, if you're if you're already there, do it. Then you can kiss. Kiss. You can make out. Yeah, you can you can grab their face and kiss, like in a not in a like ah, but like you know, touch their face, touch hold them close, touch their hair, kiss, lick, suck, suck the neck. 
Suck that dick. I like to I like to lick inside people's ears. I think that's a move that a lot of people enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, I do earlobe action mostly. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Arms, I don't. Armpits is on here. What are you doing, armpits? Oh, you don't have to go up in the armpit because a lot of people are ticklish. But like, I'm I'm going like. We're making out, and then I'm creeping over to your ear, your neck, your collarbone, oh and then God. I go all the way over. Oh, my God. So I'm, like, a little bit on the armpit slash uh-huh. arms, and usually there's, like, not forcibly holding you down, but there's, like, some pressure. I'm, like, oh. hold, I'm applying pressure to your body for the spots that I'm kissing mm-hmm. to be... This makes it sound like I'm performing surgery. I restrain the patient and then I kiss their armpits. Not like, I don't get like up in there, but some people do like that. Like some people, it's a very sensitive area. Okay. Yeah. Thighs, nibble on those thighs. Um, I like the, I like the pelvic bone right there. I like to nibble on that. Oh yeah. I just think that's a real sexy part of the body. Yeah. I guess I, we also, I didn't list biting but like nibbling or grazing your teeth Mm -hmm. over like paying attention to somebody's skin so dimples freckles scars any and all skin is good to be using your mouth on or using your rubbing your hands over the person's body if they're into it a little bit of like scratching oh yeah i wouldn't scratching yeah i wouldn't go like claws out immediately um but like grazing and if they respond positively you can apply more pressure or you can say oh do you does that feel good do you want me to do it harder yeah that's sexy consent to scratch someone yep nipples pinching them pulling them biting them sucking them rubbing them i personally love to bite a nipple i don't know what's wrong with me i think i have like some baby brain left and i'm just like (laughs) (laughs) just love chewing on them things yeah and that's true for any gender of body nipples will be sensitive in a variety of different ways yeah i'll say as a person who has a period my nipples will either be like so sensitive that you can't cannot touch them or I will die <laughs> or like so sensitive you have to touch them yeah, or yeah, I will yeah. die yeah grinding with or without your clothes on yes I'm just gonna say this this can bring you to orgasm yeah no question <laughs> you can rub your genitals together um all the way to completion or just for a little bit lesbian scissoring gets shit on because I think it's probably not done in the like Two people with vulvas lay on their backs and stick their feet in each other's faces so that their vulvas mash together and then writhe while Steve fucking rolls camera. Yeah. Uh, that's that's I, not what I'm talking about. No. But like grinding or tribbing, which is rubbing your vulva on the body of, I think it's technically another person with a vulva. Um, you could do this on someone's elbow on someone's hip bone thigh on someone's thigh on their vulva vulva. um you can also do it with people who don't have a vulva you can rub your genitalia on another person's genitalia uh or anywhere else on their body i haven't achieved an orgasm that way in many a year because again 
my body is slowly becoming less sensitive as I get older. But I remember being so fucking horny when I was a teen slash young adult. And just like, I could pretty quickly orgasm from just rubbing on someone. (laughs) Yeah. It's also like if you're the person who's controlling the rhythm, the pressure, the motion of the rubbing, then like you can make it feel however you want it to feel. Yeah. And I have not run into anyone who was like, will you stop humping my leg? Yeah. Like, what are you doing? (laughs) They're usually like, gonna start moving their leg in response. Yeah, yeah. Hand stuff. So there's the hand job on a person with a penis. So masturbating the penis by stroking the shaft, um, playing with a person's testicles. So squeezing them, tugging them, massaging them, whatever the person enjoys. Um, you can also play with their perineum, which is the patch of skin behind the testicles, but before the butthole. Um, applying pressure or stroking this area, I hear can be quite stimulating. Do women have perineum? Yeah, men? I mean, it's between the vaginal hole. The vag and the a-hole. <laughs> <laughs> The V-hole and the A-hole. Yeah, there's like a... Hold on. Yeah, there's a... There's a, there's a little strip. <laughs> there's a strip. It's, I don't think it's as sensitive as... I don't think it's it as big on, on people with penises. I like... I think it's shorter. Maybe that's just me. I don't know. I don't want to make any statements that make it seem like my body is the definitive the, body. The definitive normal body. But maybe it is for maybe, you. Maybe. I mean, I've heard oils, lubricants can be very good for a penis hand job. We've also heard that starting with a looser grip, looser grip and then tightening slowly mm-hmm. can be very nice and pleasurable. Hand jobs on a person with a vulva. Yes. Um, so stroking the vulva, you might not want to dive directly into penetrating the vagina or stimulating the clit, but it you may want to start by just kind of stroking the vulva as a whole yes then you may want to move on to stimulating the clitoris so that you can try a variety of pressure motions up down circles left right like different patterns of movement yes um and also speed so the speed with which you're executing these patterns of motion then maybe you want to penetrate the vagina yeah you can apply a variety of pressure there uh vary the depth with which you're going into the vagina i'm just i keep just doing (laughs) hand motion (laughs) angering motion maybe someone out there really likes to get penetrated first thing like right off the bat but i would say blanket rule do not start by penetrating anything always give it a nice little rub first i personally like the thumb to do the Mm -hmm. the preliminary rubbing of things yes that's me yeah uh i have enjoyed thumb and well any part of the body that's doing a rub but also like a knuckle is a nice uh rub up and down the labia in order to all right i'm we're gonna talk about this (laughs) 
<laughs> it's important to talk about this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> also, I want to add, sorry, to my thing. After an initial rub, I like certain amount of pressure on the clitoris and then we can try penetration <laughs> but it, in that order for me personally that's how I like it I would say you also you want to you want to before you penetrate anything and as a part of stimulating the vulva you do want to make sure that there's a lubricant so this can be either applied external lubricant which you can discuss with your partner like hey I like do you want to be using lube, whatever? Yeah. Or a person's natural lubricant, which sometimes inner labia will sit in a certain way that it like holds the True. lubricant in True. almost. So a person can be very, very wet, but their inner lips haven't parted. Yes. So all of that lubricant is in those lips. And that's where like a rub per Annie's instruction yes, yes. up and down the lips can help to part them without feeling like you're having like a surgeon or your gynecologist like pull apart your yeah, lips. Do not pull them apart. Rub them. Rub them. Rub them and you can <laughs> you can do like a very light or I would say light with like a thumb or a knuckle mm-hmm. um, or like a non super pointy part of the finger. Yes. You could also, if you, like a whole, I'm trying to figure out how to describe it, a whole palm over like the whole lip vulva area and then like Rubbing up, up, up and, and down. down. Yeah, spread the moisture around. Yeah, yes. you're letting it, you're letting the lips open and release the moisture without it being like super. Like pull apart the lips. Perfect. Like I'm ready. I'm ready for your natural lubricant. Squirt it in the place you want it. Yeah. Although if you can't make your own lubricant, store-bought is fine. (laughs) 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 So you can always squirt some some lubricant on there too. (laughs) I really got roast. No, Ina Garten came up with that. No, I know. But I thought no one ever said it about Lou before. Also, I personally would say that if you've done a little vagina work or penis work <laughs> and you're trying to move towards anal play, I mean, I'm fine with as long as the only thing you've touched is the vagina, taking some of that natural lubricant from the vagina and putting on the butt hole. That's great with me, but again, like applying applying other lubricant is great too. I would say you cannot have too much lubricant. I think any person who deals in sex <laughs> will tell you that. Yeah, no one's no one's ever like yeah, the sex was pretty good, but like it's so wet. It was so wet. I wish it was drier. <laughs> yeah, no one's ever thinking that. Uh, you have highly sensitive body parts. You want the friction to be running smoothly. Yes. So once you've spread the lubricant and you are hopefully stimulating the person however they want, if you're doing penetration with your hands, you probably don't want to start with like a whole bunch of fingers. Maybe begin with one, see how the person responds to that. 
you can change all sorts of things. The thrust, the speed, your pattern, pressure, depth, etc., etc., etc. What Annie was saying about anal play, uh, lube is good. Lube is great. Lube is king. Lube is king. But yeah. I would I would reiterate. Don't start with anal play. If you do start with anal play, wash your hands or wash whatever touched the butthole. Um, use lots of lube. Use lube that is specifically for anal play. If you can get your hands on it, use a lot of it, especially if you're going to really fuck in the butt. I can personally vouch for pure backdoor lube. Do not use Astroglide. Use the real stuff. Splurge. Treat yourself. I was going to say, your anus is worth the extra dollar. It really is. You will thank yourself <laughs> later. You may find after like five seconds of anal that it's not for you. And that's okay. You just tell your partner that you need to tap out, uh, catch your breath, maybe do a hug. Um, a good partner will want to make sure you're okay. And you might want to try it again in the future. You might not. You might be like, you know what? I tried it. I'm good. After anal sex or anal play, please wash anything that touched your butthole thoroughly, including and especially genitalia. Um, you may find receiving anal sex is much more pleasurable if you have a prostate gland, but if you don't, it can still be fun. If you're on the giving end of anal sex, I hear that the sensation is physically tighter then like it feels tighter on your penis than Any vaginal sex right? yeah. yeah yeah uh or oral sex but it's not just that i also have heard that it's kind of kind of hot because it's dirty which i think everyone gets but also it takes like a certain level of trust and practice from your partner so it's it's very intimate which you know you may or may not like um but just remember to tell your partner to stop if you feel any pain or discomfort or don't want to fuck or be fucked anymore because if you aren't having fun it's not worth it that's my two cents it's fucking true <laughs> so you might not go from hand stuff straight to penetrative anal. That's true. You might. That's cool. Yeah. Um, but you might also round third base. Actually, I want to throw down in um, in hand stuff. Another hand stuffing is mutual masturbation. So masturbating yourself next to your partner, um, on top of your partner, while they masturbate also, while they don't masturbate in front of your partner, on a stage that you've built above your partner's bed so that they can watch you masturbate. Yeah, maybe you tie your partner up and make them watch you masturbate consensually. Consensually. Could be very hot. Yeah, like there are tons of things that you can do where your partner isn't even gonna touch you and it can still be hachi machi very sexy -machi. um but yeah so third base oral sex um these all of these maneuvers can be combined with the hand stuff that you've been practicing um cunnilingus is oral sex on a vulva so same as like stroking the vulva as a whole you can lick the vulva as a whole licking the clitoris directly Varying your pressure, motion, speed, angle at which you approach the oh, clitoris. Oh, interesting. I wrote, 
I don't know what the science name for a dude blowy is. It's fellatio. <laughs> oh, true. I don't know why I couldn't think of that last <laughs> night. Cunnilingus and fellatio. Um, but yeah, so uh, licking the, the shaft and the head of the penis generally or very specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, applying your lips so your whole mouth closes over the head of the penis. You can move your entire mouth and your lips along the shaft in an up and down or in and out motion. Um, so you're taking more of the penis into your mouth. It'll probably like graze over your tongue as that happens. Some people probably do other stuff, but I don't know. I'm boring. I don't know what else there is to do for a for a filleting for a filleting. Yeah, you can kind of like combo suck and rub at the same time. Um, Particularly if you're um, like, I think a lot of pornography is very focused on like deep throat that yeah, dick. Yeah, yeah, you totally don't have to. I've had a lot of success with um, masturbating the shaft of the penis and doing direct tongue engagement with the different parts of the head. Huh. So like stimulating the head with my tongue, almost as if I were trying to stimulate a clitoris while masturbating the shaft of the penis. Yes. <laughs> I'm just like burning with shame. Why? Because I was told that sex is shameful. Yeah, true, dude. Um, yeah, you, people I know listen to this podcast. It's true. You can put balls in your mouth. You can lick the butthole. I would say, again, if you're, if you're really doing anything with the butthole, just wash up. There's a lot of bacteria. I, ideally, the person you're having sex with has washed their asshole recently. But, like, just be real clean. Try and be clean. Yeah. Be as clean as possible. Yeah. Um, penetration. Uh, this is beyond hand penetration. So if you're going to be uh, using a penis or a safe object, um, a safe object should be hygienic. So clean, non-porous, and won't break. If you're not sure if an object is safe or not, uh, don't use it. Don't use it, really. You don't want it breaking off inside your butt. (laughs) Oh, boy, yeah. This is for penetration for vaginal or anal. The don't break thing, vaginal, if it breaks, you're going to have, like, a weird time digging up inside yourself trying to get this thing out if it breaks off in your butt you're going to the hospital yeah that shit your butthole doesn't have an a back wall no so yeah oof oof doof yeah uh yeah Annie gave a great rundown of like how to have penetrative uh anal sex either with a penis or with a toy I just wanted to note that, like, definitely not privy to how two people with penises have sex with each other. Uh, so I'm sure that I'm missing, like, a ton of really crucial penis-penis sex moves. Yeah. If you can tell us what those moves are without, I guess, as clinically as possible, ideally. Like, we don't <laughs> need to hear, like, like, we don't want anyone to write us in their erotica. Yes. Yeah. But, like, hey, this is one thing I do. I put my balls inside of his 
balls. And then I jump around. We trade balls. We trade balls. <laughs> Whoever ends up with the third ball wins. Anyways, love the show. Bye. Bye. Don't use my name. Don't use my name. But it is Carl. But it is Carl. Thanks. (laughs) So, and if there's anything else, we did forget to say, uh, performing oral sex on your partner at the same time as your partner's performing oral sex on you is traditionally called 69ing. 69ing. True. (laughs) Does it have a better name? Like a more... No. What could be better? It's perfect. You can use sex toys during sex. I personally like to use sex toys during sex they come in all varieties you can get like dolphin shaped sex toys like dildos and vibrators i'm serious i know but why was that your go-to i don't know it's cute okay fair like a fin or like a whole dolphin dolphin. okay you could grind on a dolphin for real (laughs) not a real dolphin sorry (laughs) you could grind on a dolphin shaped vibrator or really just the dolphin shape and i certainly achieve orgasm there's a lot of like smooth edges going on you can grind on anything consensually consensually yes um yeah there's tons tons and tons and tons of toys some of which are made specifically for those who have kinks yes um so i didn't think about how i was going to define a kink a kink is something that is like beyond basic sex. Like any of the sex acts we just talked about can mostly take place with like you and your partner and maybe not much else. And they it will require like communication and consent, but not as extensive as a lot of kinks will. Yeah, that's that's a good question. I had also not thought about how to yeah. find a kink. I guess it would be just like, a specialty. Getting very specific. Yes. With what you like. Like, like I'm going to tie up my partner and masturbate on a stage while they watch. And then after I complete and achieve orgasm, they may or may not be allowed to do some sort of sex thing. Right. That's a very specific speciality. Yeah. So you don't have to have a kink to have hot, passionate, sexy, sweaty sex it, that is fulfilling and fun and continually exciting. But it's totally cool if you do have a kink. Um, and you should explore it if you're interested in a kink. You don't have to know, for example, that you're going to love rope play but and start off with like the world's best ropes and the coolest knots and like knowing exactly all of the rules you want to follow for it but you can talk to somebody and say hey i want to start small i'm interested in rope play but i don't really i don't really know what any of that means um you can watch porn preferably porn that you're paying for that has rope play involved in it um, you can find someone who has experience or look on the internet for somebody to show you the ropes. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so don't, I tend to think that I have to go like 110% on something, but you wouldn't want to like deck out your sex dungeon closet in your fucking studio apartment and then find out that like you don't really like bondage. Yes. Yeah, that's the one thing about sex toys. They are non-returnable. 
And they are expensive. They are expensive and you cannot return them. They don't want that shit back. (laughs) For good reason. Yeah. Yeah. So just, you know, find someone who does have experience in it or start small. Important notes. Void going from butt to genitalia. Don't put anything breakable inside your orifices. When you're using lube for anything, make sure that it's compatible if you're using a barrier method. Yes, yes, yes. Some lube degrades the barrier and then you're exposed to STDs in potentially unwanted pregnancies. That's a bummer. Finding the clitoris. How do you find it? What is it? I mean, you can just look at diagrams. I I can tell you for me, the clitoris is like closer to the top mm-hmm. of my vulva it's it doesn't like have any distinguishing features so i realize i i understand the confusion mm-hmm. but like it's there it's there um it for those of you who don't know the clitoris is like a super intense button that's filled i don't know what it's actually called like what is it technically it's, it's just a bunch of nerves it's just a bundle of nerves yeah and it feels really good for some people it's super sensitive so like the amount that you're touching it should vary depending on what the person enjoys Mm -hmm. but i think it's generally going to be found at the top of a person's vulva do you know what you should do if you feel like you're struggling you should ask the person hey i'd really like to stimulate your clitoris can you show me where it is (laughs) yeah yeah that's a good way to find they they probably know as a person with a clitoris, I'm like, oh, I don't want to right away be like, wrong spot. Yeah, yeah. I want to give you a, a second. Maybe you got a thing going. You're like doing the thing where you're stroking and licking everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then when you're trying to... I've had a number of people stimulate my urethra oh, when I no. believe they were trying to stimulate my clitoris. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's, a, that. just look, in, look on the diagram and recognize that those are two things that might feel similar if you're unfamiliar with vulva. Yeah. Uh, and prepare, prepare strategy. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I just thought of that scene in Booksmart where she's fingering the girl's oh, butthole God. instead of her fucking clitter yep yep and she's like how's that is that good Uh, it's very bad that was bad scene um tough so you know i mean but accurate girls can make mistakes on girls it's all everyone can make mistakes and as long as you can like honestly if you have a, a solid base of communication with the person it'll be easier to like laugh it off yes how do you make someone come? You just ask them what they like, ask for feedback, pay attention to how their body responds to what you're doing or what they're doing, and adjust. Um, if something is getting a positive response, try and do that more. Sex takes practice, so if you're not able to make someone come, you know, the first time you have sex, loser, virgin. <laughs> if you if you are lucky enough to get the chance, maybe you will have make make them come next time. Uh, maybe they will make you come next time. It's it's a physical act. You have to train yourself how to do it, like all physical acts. Like no one gets up, goes for a run for the first time, and runs a five-minute mile. Actually, someone probably does, but like most people don't. <laughs> that person's 
parson. That parson's probably very bad in bed. <laughs> yeah, they probably suck. But yeah, you have to get, your body has to get used to this action. You have to, I mean, it's not, it's not a great analogy, the running one, because you are also doing it with someone else. So really it's like doing a two-legged race oh God. <laughs> <laughs> in under five minutes, which I don't know, maybe someone has done that. I very much doubt it. But because because this other person is involved, it's like infinitely more complicated, right? So you do have to learn how to communicate and learn how to get comfortable in your own skin and learn how to make them feel sexy. And if you're lucky enough to do that all somehow on the first time that you're having sex with someone, then maybe you'll both come. It takes practice. While we are pro pleasure and want to lead with pleasure, there are also risks to having sex. There are diseases that you can spread no matter what genitalia you have. If you're fluid bonding with somebody, which means you are swapping spit, etc. You're tasting some of their natural lubricants, they're tasting some of yours. Uh, you want to be safe yeah so um a good starting point is to know your own baseline so be familiar with your body so that you can notice if your fluids are smelling differently or it hurts when you urinate or you have a sore on or around your genitalia any of the things that you would generally be like what is going on? You wanna you wanna know your normal so that when you have a what's happening moment, um, you recognize it. I would say get tested early and often if you are in school right now and in, in college or postgraduate graduate studies anything. They'll fix you up, man. You go to the student health center and say you want an STD panel, and they will do the works. <laughs> You can also, if you're lucky enough to live in a state that still has Planned Parenthoods, um, you can go to Planned Parenthood. Yeah, male or female. Mm -hmm. You can get a full STD panel at any Planned Parenthood. They are awesome. I would also say, so I'm a person who's lucky enough to have health insurance, and I've gone to urgent care before to get my STI screening. They were like, so you believe that you're at risk of being exposed to an STI? I was like, well, no. I'm just like doing my due diligence, doing my good thing. And they were like, right, right, right. So you think you might have been exposed to something. And I was like, well, no, I was having safe sex. And I was very insistent that like, no, I did everything. I did everything as I should. I don't think I'm at a high risk, whatever. And the person was just like, I have to put down that you think you're at risk for your insurance to cover. Oh, interesting. So like, did you have unprotected sex? And I was like, yup. Yes. Yeah, I think I'm at risk. I had so much. <laughs> so much. Everybody without condoms, yeah. with no barrier methods at all. Yeah. But it's it's frustrating because had that person not been chill enough to say something, I could have got sent home without getting my panel done, which is fine. I have alternatives. I would have used them. Pro, pro tip. Pro tip. Pro tip. Insurance isn't super chill about STD testing, which is weird. No. They'll probably ask you for a urine sample. Uh, they may ask you for a blood sample. I went in once because I had bloody urine, so they got both. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. 
Um, if you have a sore or discharge that is different than normal, then you should probably get probably get text tested. Get texted. <laughs> get texted. Get tested for that. Maybe it's nothing. Maybe it's something. But either way, you'll know. And there's treatments. So just go get tested. Go get tested because yeah, if you know, you can take action. If you don't know. You're just going to spread it to other people. Yeah. And potentially harm yourself, uh, fertility, if that's something you're interested in. Mm -hmm. Um, And also just like bad vibes. Bad vibes. Nobody wants itchy, smelly discharge all the time. No, I do not. There are some protection methods you can use if you're having sex. You should use if you're having sex. Um, There's some barrier methods which provide a barrier between you and the person that you're having sex with for oral or penetrative sex um you can put gloves on your fingers if you're touching the genitalia or the asshole i would say change those gloves if you're switching from genitalia to asshole just you don't even have to wash your hands that way i mean you probably still should but like it's good to note um all barrier methods are single use. Yes. And if you flip them in any way where the part that was touching someone's genitals is now touching, touching your, your mouth, hands, hands whatever, you have just defeated the purpose. Yes. So don't be cheap. Don't be cheap with your sex stuff. No, 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 no. No. This is not the area to be cheap. Be cheap with your um, fast food your fast food, yeah, your your store brand, buy generic butter, whatever. Like yeah. that's not true. I'm very picky about my butter, but uh, yeah. yeah. So gloves, gloves, gloves for your fingies. Um, condoms, condoms, which you can put on a penis. You can have flavored condoms if you're going to be performing oral sex on a penis, but those are not to be used for penetrative sex. No, 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 no. Do not put those in a vagina. Nope, or a butt. You can also DIY one into a dental dam so that you can perform oral sex on a vulva or an anus. Good to note that dental dams are almost like a sheet of condom material, whatever type of material you prefer, most commonly latex, but they are not sold widely, which is why it's good to know how to DIY with a condom. Yeah. Um, another option that's a little bit more commonly available is an internal condom, also known as a female condom. Um, that's how it might be marketed. A wider, looser condom that goes inside the vaginal canal, and then there's a portion that actually you drape over the vulva. Um, so that's a really great option if you want to be penetrating, or if you want to have the option to penetrate someone's Vagina at the same time as you're stimulating the rest of their vulva. Mm. Those, I also went to a talk in college where um, a gay man said that was the very best option for having safe anal, anal sex. Interesting. Uh, he said it, you got the most stimulation out of it. That being said, you might decide to forego a barrier method, in which case you'll be fluid bonding with a person. Um, and it's good to know how to have that conversation. So asking someone, when were you last tested and what were the results is a, affords somebody an opportunity to answer. That's better than phrasing things like, you're clean, right? 
Yeah. Because you're just getting someone going, uh huh. Ask it in a clear and concise way. Yeah. When were you last tested and what were your results? Yes. Health is wealth. Health is wealth. We know some things about sex, but we don't know everything. So, next episode, we're sitting down with Eva Bloom to talk a little bit about sex and the digital world and how sex is a little different when you're getting consent perhaps online or via a digital communication device like your phone or computer um and as well as just other questions that we had and that you guys had that you wrote into us um so we hope you'll listen to the next episode and and uh hear all about that cool let's talk about by lights by lights lights. isn't there like a just like a Madonna song. It's like starlight, starlight, I see tonight. But it should be like by light, by bright, first by I see tonight. <laughs> I love it. It's fantastic. Um, is your body fucking ready? Yeah. Mary Shelley, the author of Frankenstein, is bisexual. Okay. <laughs> how is she? How do we know? Uh, a recent book came out where a historian was saying that she herself is a proclaimed bisexual and talked about having romantic relationships with females after her husband died. Oh, Mary Shelley's Mary. a total fucking badass, too. Her husband, I believe, drowned at sea and she carried around his calcified heart with her until she died. Yeah. Yeah, that's fucking metal AF. Good yeah. for her. That's what I'm going to do with Dylan. Oh, that's sweet. Dylan's going to die before me. Okay. <laughs> I'm glad you have this planned out. It's a little creepy. Don't ask how I know. I need your calcified heart <laughs> so that I can finally be by. Okay, I'm definitely, uh, definitely dying first. All right, next one. <laughs> Olympic gold medal boxer. Sorry. No, I read that right. Olympic gold medal boxer Nicola Adams retires. She was the first woman to win consecutive gold medals, Olympic gold medals, in the ring. Um, And she stepped down due to irreversible eye damage. She is openly bisexual. Sucks about the eye damage, but it's fucking very cool that this bisexual boxer is openly bisexual. (laughs) I love that. I know, me too. I feel like it would already be challenging to be a female boxer, let alone, I'm assuming this person is female identified. I didn't read the article that close. I didn't do it. first woman. Yeah. Colby Smulders confirms that her character on the new television show, Stumptown, is a bisexual, Mm -hmm. and you will be meeting her ex-girlfriend. Stumptown, Yes. Haven't seen it. Haven't seen it either. But. I used to live there, so I think I get a... Fuck, I fucking know all about it. I don't even need to see it. Um, personal <laughs> personal queer space Instagram is becoming an app. 
sorry, I put like four notes in here and it's not a full yeah, you statement. Yeah, you might have to read this one. Okay. Um, Personals was an Instagram account that was started specifically for queer, bisexual, and trans people uh, to share user-submitted text-based personal ads, um, encouraging people to follow up with the poster on their Instagram page, uh, linking it in the caption. So kind of like an old school classified ad but you get to like check out the person's instagram at the same time and you're like yeah they are cute i wanna um and now they're creating their own app so to try and create kind of like a queer dating app okay i love that yeah very cool i didn't do any by history i'm very sorry i knew this episode was gonna go long and i was like we can't (laughs) uh so instead we're gonna do a quick history of sex (laughs) yeah (laughs) very quick Sex, luckily, the history of sex is short. I mean, people have only been doing this sex stuff for, like, the past five years, so I think we're good. I think I think <laughs> we have a lot more exciting things to come when we reach, like, the 25th anniversary. Like, yeah, what's, what's going to be new? Um, it is wild that we've been having sex for our entire existence, and we still don't fucking teach our kids about it. <laughs> Like, as a species, we've been... None of this is new. Like, anal sex is not new. There's nothing shocking under the sun. It's all been done, guys. Every hole has Ooh, been penetrated. It's all been done. Ooh. Uh, anyways, sorry. Who is your bising star? Uh, my bising star is Bridget Lundy Payne. Um, they are an actor who is out as queer and non-binary, um, and they play a really dope queer character named Casey on the Netflix show Atypical. Bridget also is a founder and producer of Waif Magazine, who's, which, that, how do you say, how do you refer to a magazine? The magazine's tagline <laughs> is we are all waif if we want to be. Uh, it's a monthly art and fashion magazine. Um, Bridget's also in an improv- improvisational voice band called Subtle Pride. They aim to, quote, combine the conventions of a comedy improv show and an arena rock concert to create hit songs on the fly. That's awesome. Um, yeah, Bridget has some cool shit to say about queerness. Um, they said... I have yet to figure out if I will ever date a straight guy again. It's all about testing the waters. Um, And they actually just came out as non-binary in early November on their Instagram saying, "Uh, always felt a little bit boy, little bit girl, little bit neither. Using they, them as of late, and it feels right. Scary AF to come out and been really putting this off. Uh, There's more positive pieces to that Instagram post that I didn't include where they say even if you're not binary you have a space my bising star this week is Mike White he wrote movies like School of Rock and Orange County which was a film that I weirdly loved when I was a teen loved Orange County when yeah, I was little yeah you'd probably recognize him if he if you saw him he's Mr. Sneebly in School of Rock which I also loved I thought it was so good and he was also a writer and actor in some aughts projects that I didn't realize like he was he starred and I think wrote Chuck and Buck um, he wrote a few episodes of Dawson's Creek I don't want to 
<laughs> and Freaks and Geeks. Ooh. Um, and he was also recently on Survivor's 14th season. He got second place. What? <laughs> yeah, so he has exactly the level of fame that I aspire to. Like, yeah. he works on really cool, good projects, and then he goes on Survivor. <laughs> yeah, that's perfect. Um, so he's openly bisexual. He said in an interview... Uh, years and years ago that he he takes all kinds he likes all kinds he's the son of gay activist reverend mel white uh if you want to do yourself a big favor and feel i think net better about the world google reverend mel white um especially if you grew up christian and have felt weird about it intersecting with your queerness he's gay he's still alive um he gets a huge shout out even though he's gay he's not bi but he gets a big shout out for being like fucking incredible um if we do an episode on religion i'll talk more about him but he did a great job with his life and also with raising his very cool and accomplished bisexual son so uh call for advice advice i I'm asking Eva this, but I'd be curious what everyone else also has to say about it. I don't know how to sext. Only recently started sexting. <laughs> Never done it before. And I feel, I feel very self-conscious because it's one of those things that like I have to get in the mood to do. And then once I'm in the mood, like I just want to have sex, but I can't have sex. <laughs> All I can do is sext. How do you sext? How do you sext? Are there like phrases that I should be using? Like stock phrases? <laughs> or like poses? I don't know. Give me your hot sexting tips. Hello, participant. Hello. I would like to put your body part into my body, body part. part. <laughs> yeah, exactly. X, 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 X. Are there like Mad Libs for sexting? If there's not, this is an excellent app. <laughs> yeah. You Mad Libs the sex. And then you say who you're going to send it to. Maybe like a sext generator. You can code a little generator that's like, hi, I I guess that's what porn bots are, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe yeah. I should just start copying what porn bots say and send that to my sexual partner. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think it's a good idea. Yeah. Right. Maybe you could sex with a porn bot for a while to see oh. if you can get yourself expert level. Yeah. Huh? Yeah, okay, I love that. What's yeah. your what's your call for advice? My call for advice would be this like weird compulsion that I have that I always assume somebody is going like wants more from the sex that we're having. Like I I am always waiting for the person to be like, This is great, but what I really want you to be doing is this. And, like, yeah. I've been waiting for the moment to tell you. And I don't know why I have this. It's, like, a certainty that this is going to happen. Okay, yeah. um, I don't know why. And I guess my question is, like, like I ask people, like, is there anything else that um, you want to be doing or would want me to be doing? And I ask it regularly, maybe too often. <laughs> but I think that's, like, how do you get how do you get over that and just be, like, just the like the stuff you're doing isn't gonna suddenly become boring and if the person you're having sex with is interested in something more 
like they will alert you because yes. you've clearly made it like I have I have it in my head I've clearly made it open to say you can ask me for whatever you're interested in but how do I stop my brain from being like but you should ask them again because <laughs> because they're not really enjoying this as much as they want to be yeah yeah well well insecure voice in your head saying like you're not you're not actually good at this yeah yeah, 100%. I get that. Yeah. yeah. Very good. Uh, if you have answers for us or just want to share or just want to um, talk about bisexuality or about your dog, you can always send those notes to hellogoodbyes42069 at gmail.com. H-E-L-L-O-G-O-O-D-B-I-S42069 at gmail. Dot com. I said it without fucking it up. <laughs> We're also hello goodbyes uh, at Instagram. And if you are sending us information about sex, please do not include photos. If you are sending us information about your dog, please do do include, include photos. photos. Yes, exactly. Let's wrap it up. Goodbye, goodbye from, from the, the goodbyes. goodbyes. Yeah. Wow, 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 wow,